pase, pierna derecha, directo al arco, golazo, golazo, golazo. The world of football with a soccer perspective. This is Soccer Today with Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramie, live on the Sports Podcasting Network. Good day, good night, welcome to Soccer Today for Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. I'm Kev Larme, joined by Dwayne Rollins as always. Dwayne, it's a great day today. Of course, MLS Free Agency will be open later today. Also, the full calendar will be announced later today. We know when this season starts on February 26th. We know MLS Cup, Decision Day. We'll know all the dates later today, depending on which club you root for Major League Soccer. And also, Dwayne, it's the day where... I threw my back working out this morning, oh. and life is not fun right now. Oh, 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 oh sorry. You you want to lie flat? Like, you're okay? You're, you're, <laughs> I'm going to be good. But uh, I don't know if it was my Romanian deadlifts or if it was yesterday's trap art deadlift. Anyway, doesn't matter. The pain <laughs> is real. It's not very good. Yeah, no, don't do not do that. Try, try hard to, to rest that today, but, but thank you for, for showing up on the show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's mornings where you're like, I oh, know, it's fine. I can do one more. I can do one more. And then you walk home, you're like, what did I do? What have I done? Which is basically what Charlotte was thinking yesterday during, during MLS expansion draft because, as we talked about, there were five rounds of draft pick. Here are the rules in case you were wondering once again. Charlotte could have made five selections. They did. And they did what most expansion teams do. They traded a few of them. And one of the players that I isolated as a target was actually picked, Wayne. That's rare. We made a prediction that worked once again. Usually it's like a big pool and the fish that you feed doesn't get picked this time around. One player from NYCFC did get picked. We'll talk about him. But here are the results in order from the expansion draft with Charlotte FC choosing as their first choice. Oren McKenzie gains the second. I don't know why he doesn't like Junior and he likes the second more, Dwayne. That's a question we would have had to ask Oren. But a forward from Austin FC will now join his second expansion team in consecutive years. It, well, there you go. I mean, look, uh, if he in fact does join it, because as we said yesterday, like you have to look at this as, as asset asset gathering more than more than player gathering. But but for sure, and uh, you know, the second, you know, it, just, it sounds classier. Really, I think that's what that comes down to. <laughs> it does sound classier. For some reason, I uh, I imagine like he's somewhere in Bel Air, California. It's like, yeah, my name is Orrin McKenzie Gaines the second. Like, oh damn. <laughs> there you go. Uh, right. Anton Walks was the second pick by Charlotte FC from Aust- uh, from Atlanta United. He's a defender. Anton Walks does have some experience with an expansion team with Atlanta back in the day. The 24-year-old Englishman joined Atlanta ahead of their 2017 expansion season, making 20 appearances before departing to join English side Portsmouth who was in the championship back then. He rejoined Atlanta in 2020 and was a regular starter for 32 of their 34 games last season, scoring two goals with two assists across his almost 2,800 minutes for Anton Walks. Number three picked by Charlotte Duane's defender, Joseph Mora. So, Charlotte got already 
two MLS experience defender, which is a good way to use the expansion draft. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would if I was picking an expansion team, that's exactly where I would go with it. Pick defenders because domestic defenders are invaluable in this league for sure, hundred percent. So, so good, good job, Charlotte. Good and then job. you get players that you believe are worthy of money. And that's what happened. Number four, Tristan Blackman, who was with LAFC Defender, got picked by Charlotte. And after the draft, seconds after the draft, they turned around, called Vancouver up, talked to Axel Schuster for a second, and were able to trade him to Vancouver for $350,000 of GAM in 2022 and $125,000 of GAM in 2023. So a total of 475k of GAM over the next two years for Tristan Blackman, defender, who will now be maybe the true defensive pillar for Vancouver, replacing maybe Bruno Gaspar, who's on his way out. Yeah, I mean, seconds after the draft, I'm sure it was literal seconds. What I'm saying about that is I'm being a bit sarcastic because they they this was arranged before, guys. <laughs> like the the one part of the rule that I think is hilarious is no trades will take place during the expansion draft. No, but 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 kind of because <laughs> literally no one will tap them on the shoulder. So there's a trade out now. Wait, no, yeah. exactly. And as predicted, Ismael Tajuri Shadi who was one of the players that we thought was going to get picked by Charlotte, was picked forward for New York City FC, was picked by Charlotte, and they turn around and looked at LAFC and be like, guys, we know you need a striker. So how much for an MLS Cup winner? The answer was 400000 in GAM for 2022. So Charlotte turns around and adds almost a million dollars of GAM for the next two seasons with one afternoon's work of the expansion draft. And they will have a little bit more GAM than the rest of the teams, which means in three years' time in the show, we'll be talking about the, the time bomb of their GAM, but... <laughs> that's true. I don't know. Well, that's why they also added more. So I expect Charlotte's going to do some big moves in the next few weeks because of the GAM they acquired yesterday. And we'll see if any free agents signs with Charlotte... Because it could be a enticing destination for free agents, especially free agents that have experience in the league, that want to be treated and paid fairly. That could be the way to go. And Dwayne, if we look at a few names that we've isolated from this free agents-to-be list that will happen today, some of these players might re-sign with their former teams. Some of these players might sign with new teams. A lot of lifers, MLF lifers. Hear me out. It would be weird to see Graham Zussi and Roger Espinoza in a New Jersey, but Graham Zussi could be a great piece to bring experience and knowledge from the league to your new team in Charlotte. Players like Maxi Morales, Sebastian Blanco, and Albert Rosnack. Albert Rosnack, free agent to be if he doesn't sign with RSL before the deadline, could be the key piece of your midfield for Charlotte. That's possible also. No, for sure. And look, if I'm Charlotte, what I'm doing is I'm I'm using the free agency, the, the MLS lifers, as you say, I'm going to target them. I'm going to, to use my extra gam now to make sure that I get as much of those guys as I can because that's the key to winning. They can go out, they can spend they can spend $100 million on three players if they want. 
but they got to spend a little tiny bit more less on the rest. So so yeah. if they could use that game to do this, then good for them. And regardless of Charlotte, there's also a thousand other teams in this league. And if we look at the names that I've sent you earlier, the same ones that people see on their screen if they're watching us live, which, by the way, you can watch us live on our Twitter feed whenever we record the podcast. And the video replay is always available on our YouTube page. We are taking a lot of pride in our graphics and in the production values of our video show. So if you take a second and subscribe to our YouTube page, we would be very happy about this. Here are the names that have highlighted... And let me know if you sign any of these names, if you are a technical director in Major League Soccer. Let's start with Sebastian Blanco, Maxi Morales, Albert Rosnak, Graham Zussi, Roger Espinoza, Sean Davis, and Steve Clark. Would you sign any of these? I'd sign all of them if I could. I mean, and now there's no limit on how many you can sign. It used to be two. Uh, they, they've actually lifted that this year, so any team can go out and then grab them all if they want. In, in fact, the city I'm sitting in right now, the, the last name they should probably look at. But, yeah, it, it's luck. <laughs> Goalkeeper, Steve Clark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, you know, God love you. Oh, you, you don't want Bono to be uh, to be a goalkeeper for the next 10 years? For a half a million dollars a year? Um, That's expensive. <laughs> I said, no. TFC spent $700,000 in the keepers last year. Anyway. And, and, and none of them were actually worthy of, like, any of those uh, contracts. Shane O'Neill, Kellen Rose, Stephen Cleveland, Raheem Edwards, Justin Merriman, Dominic Badgie are a couple of the names that are available, names that would stand out. If you go from team to team, there's players from Vancouver that are out of contract to St. Ricketts, Andy Rose, Toronto, Nick DeLeon, Tubasa Endo, Omar Gonzalez, Justin Morrow, Patrick Mullins, Eric Zavaleta are now Free agents, Seattle, Dwayne, we can talk about Will Bruin, Jordi Delem, Freddie Montero, which I believe is time in MLS might be over at this point. Spencer Ritchie, I would really take a second and sign Kellen Rowe if I was a technical director in Major League Soccer. Chris Wondolowski retiring. Congratulations for an amazing career, Wando, you legend. But really, Dwayne, uh, Ashton Morgan is also a free agent. And, and, you know, Ashton Morgan is a useful guy, but, you know, he's now in his 30s, so you, you got to wonder about that. Uh, yeah, no, look, there is – you can do a lot with free agency in MLS. Like, I mean, to go back and think about TFC for a second, because why not? Um, Drew Moore was a key component of those, championship, of those championship teams, and he was a free agent signing. So, look, you can you can get guys that are going to help you win championships if you're willing to spend the money, and, and that's why it's there. and I wish. Yeah. There's a few players from Minnesota that are out of contract, also maybe not options. We're talking about Fernando Adi, Osvaldo Alonso, Juan Agudelo, Ethan Finley, Brent Kalman, a few names also known like Yuka Raitala, who will not be back with Minnesota. Raitala's time in MLS and even with the national team might be over at this point. One of your favorite, Jay Chapman, is out of contract. His option has not been taken so far. And, of course, Canadian Jordan Harvey and Raheem Edwards will not be back with LAFC. Maybe they'll find another spot somewhere. Jonathan Dos Santos is out of MLS. That's interesting. But, you know, Dwayne, later today we might see a couple of signings. And I truly feel like Charlotte will be a big player this year in MLS. And maybe I'm wrong, but this year the free agency feels like maybe the truest free agency we had so far in Major League Soccer. 
Well, and they've lifted all the, the requirements in terms of the, the teams. Like, it used to only be two teams. You could only sign two players, right? Now that you can sign as many as you want, that sort of opens it up just a little bit more. It doesn't seem like much, but I think that's a big deal, and I agree that if you're going to win a championship, if you're going to actually be a player in this league, that having access to all these guys that are experienced in MLS, that know what they're doing in MLS, you know exactly where you're getting, key. It's key, man, key. Yeah, it is really key. And, of course, later today, the calendar of Major League Soccer will be unveiled. And we do expect a bit more of a tight schedule, a tighter schedule. Uh, yes, it was announced that there won't be as many back-to-back, but the thing is, is February 26th is when it starts, and early November is when it ends. Before the World Cup, we actually save a couple international breaks this way, and we'll see how they're able to fit it in in a proper way. But this should be, Dwayne, the most regular calendar Major League Soccer has done since the pandemic began, meaning this should be closer to what we were used to in 2019s and earlier than it was over the last couple of years. No, for sure, and that, that, that's a good thing. It's going to be a little bit more condensed, but not quite as condensed as last year. Um, it, it, it's going to start a little bit earlier, and I kind of like that. I kind of like early February. So uh, me too. Yeah. Well, even mid-February for the Champions League, training camps will start literally the beginning of January, which, you know, gives us a, a month, a month of international talk, a month of holidays, and then, well, we're back in 2022 already. And I'm okay with that. I mean, because the offseason is long. It's too long. And they need to reduce that. And it's, it's being reduced this year. And that's a good thing. Like, I mean, t- two months is fine. Two months is good. Yeah, two I agree. Months. I yeah. agree. Two months is plenty. And, of course, it will be quick before we know the rest of the schedule, which will be later today and also free agency. So tomorrow on the show, we'll highlight some of the important aspects of the schedule. And we'll talk also about some of the free agents that will have signed already for their new MLS club. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about one of the most influential player in the world of soccer over the last decade that unfortunately earlier today had to announce his retirement. Sergio Cunaguero forced to retire after an over a decade of being one of the best strikers in the world due to art anomalies. And of course, we'll talk about that in his entire career and more after this short break. You are listening to Soccer Today. Follow us on Twitter at Soccer Today SPN and like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash sports podcasting network. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast. And we're back on soccer today. Kev Larme joined by Dwayne Rollins, as always, as we talk about Sergio Cunaguero. Earlier today, Dwayne, it was announced, he announced during a press conference in Barcelona, flanked by the most influential person from his entire football career and personal life, Pep Guardiola was even there, flew straight from Manchester to be there, present for one of his favorite strikers in his entire manager career. Sergio Cunaguero has announced earlier today his retirement. From professional football yeah look i'm sad about this a little bit like i'm not gonna lie look, this is not gonna be a rational conversation it's going to be an emotional one for me because this is a guy that matters a lot to a team that matters a lot to me and he scored 
arguably one of the top five most iconic goals in the history of the damn sport, at least the last 20 years. And, you know, good for you, Con. Thank you, man. Cheers. Yeah, of course, Dwayne is alluding to the Aguero. 2012-2013, Manchester City hadn't won a title for over three decades, if I'm not mistaken, Dwayne, off the top of my head. 44 years. 44 years, well, over four decades. And they were down 2-1 in a game against QPR. And Manchester United was winning this. This was the penultimate season of Manchester United. Sir Alex Ferguson at the helm of United for the Red Devils. They were winning the championship. Rooney just scored and they were winning. They were at Old Trafford. Their game was finished and they were winning. But then Edin Zeko had other plans. Scored the equalizer against QPR for, for Manchester City. And then Aguero scored the third goal and one of the most iconic goals. I'm not a fan of Man City. I'm not a fan of QPR. And I can tell you the sequence of events. That's how iconic this goal was. It's an incredible moment. I mean, they the title was won with seconds to go. It's a desperation <laughs> kick. It was incredible. I mean, look, there, there's so many videos out there. If you haven't seen this goal, first off, congratulations, you're young. But second off, Google it. Like, go YouTube it. You, you Google YouTube. I don't know, whatever. Go, go look it up now because it's it's amazing. Like, it's incredible. And you can watch you can watch the United fans reacting to it. You can watch the City fans. There's a whole documentary that the Man City uh, – their their website have done that's that's incredible like look <laughs> can you imagine being a guy that scored that goal it's it's you know canadian content right now it, it's you know it's said scoring in 2010 like it's incredible it's an amazing moment it's an incredible moment an incredible career it's a similar it's a very similar moment too when we talk about aguero and this career and not just that one but we can talk about uh, it's multiple moments, and when we look on the screen now, I have his entire statistic, at least from the different club you played with, because we forget that it's not just about Manchester City. We also have to remember that before City, he played in Argentina, Independiente, 2002-2006. That's where he became a known commodity in the world of football, moved to Atletico Madrid, his first big move in 2006, and was part of the rise of Atleti before the Atleti of today. He was part of an Atleti generation that became known in the world stage and started to be a very dangerous team in the Europa League at that point and a mainstay in the top four, at least, in La Liga at that point. 101 goals in 234 games for Atletico Madrid. And of course, the most influential decade maybe a striker ever had in the Premier League, Manchester City from 2011 to 2021, 260 goals in 390 games, which is two goals every three games, pretty much. It's two-thirds of his games he had a goal in the back of the net, which is quite interesting. That that that's a good return. Yeah, and look, I'm glad you mentioned the Atleti years because he was kind of, as you say, the player that that sort of started their emergence back up. Like Atleti's a big club, and we get that now. But like ten years ago, it wasn't as clear. Like they weren't where they were, and they should have always been there. And, like, and he was part of the reason that they they rose back up, and that sale helped them too. But look, I mean, two goals every three games. It's an incredible return. It's a strike. Well, that's world. Oh, no, it's world-class stuff, one of the best ever, and here that even took the time, because I, I know, oh, of course, we've been working together for a long time now, I know how important this player 
has been for you. So I took the time before we started the show today. We started a little later because I wanted to do this. Sergio Cunaguero in numbers, his career statistics. This is up to date all the way to his one goal for Barcelona this year in his five game for Barcelona. 454 games played by Sergio Aguero across all leagues, all teams, all competitions. 386 starts, 260 goals. That's a goal. That's two goals every three games he started. And that's a goal, more than a goal every two games across his entire career, even when he started. 72 assists. PK goals, because I think it's important that we look at the amount of opportunities he had from the penalty spot. 28 goals out of 34 opportunities. That's a very high percentage of PK. His goal per game average is .71. That's almost a goal a game. That's two goals every three games. That's amazing. And if we look at his expected goals, and this is only from 2017 to 2022, that's when the statistics started to be calculated by all the major players in the stats world. It was 2017, five years ago at this point. And his added expected goal since then is 55.5. And his goal tally is at 57. I ran out of spot here. But that's very similar to his expected goal. A striker that we can call clinical here. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if your striker is one for one in XG versus G, I guess we'll call it G, yeah, you're doing what you can. You're, you're scoring your chances. You're taking your chances. And that's what I'd say was the greatest thing about Sergio is he just found his way to get into space and to finish. Finishing is so hard in the sport. He's such an incredibly important part of the Manchester City story. Yeah. And I'm glad Pep was there. I'm glad that he had his moment today. And, Ho- and we- hopefully he doesn't bring anything back with him, if, uh, if, <laughs> if you know what I mean, because, uh, well, Bradford is, is stuck with it. And there's uh, over 100 NFL players since Monday that caught the, caught the COVID. And uh, I guess the, the newest Decepticon in the entire world, the brother of, what's his name? The brother of Megatron. Omicron is starting to be really dangerous out there. Yeah, and I'm worried about I'm worried about our Olympic podcast a little bit, but let's not say that out loud. <laughs> let's let's not put it into the universe so it doesn't manifest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. But thanks, Sergio uh, Aguero. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and yes, of course, we're looking at Sergio Aguero when we're looking at his body of work, also. Outside of that famous goal and outside of those famous moments and the few titles and, of course, there's the lack of Champions League success. Will that be something that follows him? No. I mean, it follows City to a point. So, I mean, maybe, but I don't think it should because the Champions League's such a random, arbitrary kind of thing. Like... If you want to break a player down and look at, like, 10 games over, what, 500 almost? Like, come on. Like, that that's not fair. Like, this is a guy that, that deserves all the respect, deserves all the, the pats on the head that he gets today. The Champions League, yeah, I mean, City wasn't there for half this time with it. Like, it's only the last couple of years that that club realistically could win the Champions League. And it's not his fault he didn't. There's no way. <laughs> not at all. So the question is, where will his statue be located? <laughs> Out front of the Etihad. It's, it'd, be, it'd be right there beside David Villa. And 
Silva, pardon me, not Villa. That's uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin Silva. Villa is not getting any. It's not getting a statue. Uh, maybe next to Vincent Company statue. That could be. Yeah, that, that could Vincent be right. Company right there. Maybe Pebbles Avalado be behind with his thumbs up. Like I mean, look, yeah, sure. it's an important part of a club that has a lot more history than all you want to give them credit for. So there you go. And now, of course, we're talking about a club that it's in his second. I would call it its second triumphant era after the Aguero era and the rise and the becoming the power that they are. Now with Kevin De Bruyne and this generation of players, they're moving forward. What is the link of Aguero to today's Manchester City and how to keep that going after the Pep years are over? Well, Kevin De Bruyne is not there if, if Aguero doesn't score that goal. Like, I mean, Newcastle should learn this now. Money doesn't actually do anything unless you're successful. And here's the thing. City became successful with the money. Obviously, it's easier with it. But, like, yeah, he, he is he's the most important player in that club's history. Period. End of story. He won them the title. He he put them on that path that allowed them to get the players that, that allowed yesterday with bracket seven bracket to happen. Like, Come on, man. Like, it's without him, that doesn't happen. Such an important player. Yeah, I know. It's insane. And when I'm looking at more into his numbers and when we're looking at his club numbers in in league, because, of course, that's the most important part. And, of course, what we're seeing on the screens right now is with his club in, in leagues, in the Premier League, in La Liga. And he has been good across leagues, but he was also known to be performant during league play. That's something we forget is teams focus on leagues more than other competitions. And it's great, the Champions League, and it's great, those trophies from FA Cup to the Copa del Rey and other competitions like this. But to have a player that can perform year in, year out. And if we're just looking at his performance from 2010 onwards, because that's when he started to score two goals a season most seasons with to 20 goals a season most season, which is incredible. 2010-2011, when the last season with Atletico Madrid, started 32 games in La Liga, scored 20 goals with three assists, and 19 of those goals were non-penalty goals. And then we moved to Manchester City. His first year with City, 2010-2011-2012, the year before the, uh, the year of the title, actually, he uh, got 23 goals. And then 12-17, there were some injuries. He didn't play as much in 2013-2014 and won his second title. And... Still, 26 goals after when he was healthy. 24 goals after. Then 20. Then 21. Then 21. To have a striker that most season in league will score you 20 goals, never mind adding the cup competitions to it, it's very rare. Even Lukaku is not on pace to do that right now. It's been one of the few strikers that has done that in the Premier League. A lot of successful strikers in the Premier League don't even have close to the numbers that Aguero has season per season over the last decade and a half. No, and, and you're right. Look, when I think back on him, obviously I remember the goal and I remember the important goals, but it's more about his consistency. It's about the fact that if I would go to Upper Bob's on a Tuesday to watch them play in the League Cup, he was going to show up and he was going to score. Yeah, you could choose him in your uh, goal scorer anytime parlay bet, and you would probably be good to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, look, and, and part of the reason he doesn't get as much attention as other great strikers, like, you know, Messi or whatever. I mean, Messi's another level, but 
other great strikers of this of this past 10 years, this, this century, I guess, is because he didn't score the spectacular that often, yeah. but he did so well and so consistency consistently is to find space and to mm. and to finish it when it was there. So if you look at these numbers, Wayne, the numbers we mentioned of Aguero are better numbers than Thierry Henry in the Premier League. So that's the type of striker that you can not just compare, but you can put Aguero above. And that's not a small feat to be better than Thierry Henry was for a club like Arsenal. He did that and then some for Manchester City. You can have a conversation about where Sergio Aguero fits in the all-time best players that have ever played in the Premier League. Period. I, I don't. I don't know. Well, maybe... Best strikers for sure. Best strikers for sure. Yeah. Is it top ten? Is it top five? I don't know. It's up to you. It's a, a subjective conversation. But like he's in that conversation, and you know, I'm glad he's getting his moment today because he deserves it. He was a, a brilliant. And he was a loyal player too, and that matters. Like, and I think the fact that he was a city player kind of makes people not accept that as much. You know, had he done this for West Ham or something, people would love him much more. But, you know, he did it for rich clubs. So, yeah, exactly. So people don't, don't view it the same way, but it's true. And he's only played for three club, four if we include Nibendiente in Argentina, which was his developmental club, too. We're looking at a pretty loyal career here for Sergio Aguero. And let us know what you think of Sergio Aguero's career. Is he a top five striker all time in the Premier League? What do you think? Let us know in the comment section below. Or, of course, on social media. Or, of course, by email. You can always email us which, whatever thought you have on whatever part of the show you would like to talk about at sportspodcastnetwork at gmail.com. You can follow Dwayne on social media at 24th Minute, myself at Kevlarme. And this show at Soccer Today SPN. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Half of it dedicated to Con Aguero and the expansion draft. We'll be back tomorrow with all the free agency signings and more on the world of football with a soccer perspective. But as always, until next time, have a great soccer. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast.